There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne. Nirka, did I say it right? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Box Press. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Congratulations to you and your husband. We're newlyweds still, so. I know, like, how many months is it? A year and six months. Okay. So it was 2020? Yes, that you we, got we had a pandemic wedding. We were one of those. You had a dumps, dumpster, what are they called? 2020 dumpster <laughs> fire or something? I like have that? no idea, but oh, the thing yeah. is that uh, we didn't want to wait, you know? It's like, we, we no. want to make a big celebration afterwards because people like Charlie, from right. Half Wheel, he was like he was talking from since my engagement that I was gonna have probably a two thousand people wedding right. in ZR. And I was like, we can have a party later on, but right. like we just wanna get married. Like it doesn't matter if it's a big or small gathering, it's it's just To you guys it didn't matter. No. But did it matter to the rest of the family? Well, the family was there, so I know, but like my mom wanted me to have a big wedding. <laughs> Oh, but my dad knows for sure that we're making another one. Okay, so you you already are married. It's been a year and a half out. We we told we said five years on our on our fifth year anniversary. We're gonna have another wedding. Can I come to it? Yes, my dad makes the greatest parties ever. He's a. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> it's gonna be the first time in history that somebody invites themselves to a wedding. Would you like to come to my wedding, Rob? <laughs> Nirka, I would absolutely love to come to your wedding. I am so honored that you invited me. That makes me feel super special. And I can't thank you enough already. I'll be there in, what year will that be? 2025. Five. 2025, exactly. Abby, clear our schedule. We're going to the Dominican Republic in 2025. What month and what day? Well, I have to see if it actually fits the same day, but it would be probably the last weekend of November. So Thanksgiving time. Oh yeah, I'll totally do Thanksgiving <laughs> in the DR. Especially with your family, because it's gonna feel like I'm just at a family reunion. Yeah, and you know what? My dad makes the most amazing deep fried turkey. He's famous for that. No way. He's super famous for that. Okay, so <laughs> in the deep fried turkey world and realm, it's a firefighter's nightmare because there's a lot of people who don't know what the heck they're doing. Has your father ever gotten to the point where he's been like, this shit is getting out of control not at and all. I gotta call somebody? No, not at all. He always has his... Um, thermometers it's all it's all very controlled he's an excellent cook my dad I don't know if you know they say that you kind of marry someone that resembles your dad I married a chef so oh yeah <laughs> I married my mother in my wife it's really scary sometimes I don't think exactly like my dad but in that way they both love food so the moment they met each other they were just like they forgot about me. They forgot I yeah, existed. It's not important anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because now it's just him and I. Yeah. Yeah. You got to build a relationship without you in it. And they come together. Food was all that the time. catalyst. Yeah, exactly. For me and my father in law, it was real estate. Uh -huh. He's a real estate uh, salesperson, and so am I. So immediately my wife went, You guys are talking about real estate? Okay, I'm, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll be, I'll go to a spa, I'll go shopping. Yeah. And you're going to still, you're still going to be talking, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. I was like to my dad's wife, Monica, let's get out of here. We're not needed. We're not needed no. right now. No. <laughs> it's not personal. Mm -mm. It's actually a really good thing. <laughs> I love people to see real life. Have you ever entered a, like a tabaquero's office? Right. There's ash everywhere. We're super messy with our ashes. So my keyboard on my old Mac computer doesn't really work with the O and the space bar. And I swear to God, it's because of the amount of ash that is inside that keyboard right now. 
I'm not kidding. They actually bought me a new Mac this year, and I was very thankful. Because I can't the, imagine. My, just when I would type, I'm like, yeah, that you're is typing not with your cigar with what your, I your typed. <laughs> this keyboard is possessed. And then right now when you said that, it just sparked like, there's just so much ash in there that. I like, use an additional keyboard just not to damage the one on my Mac. Yes, that's, I, I I also got the wireless yeah, keyboard. That's that's so trick. that I don't screw because it's much easier to replace the wireless one. That's a trick. Than it is the one <laughs> inside the laptop. And then I have like on one of the drawers in my desk, you know, something that I can the actually vacuum. That I, yeah, that I can actually take. Do you it out. vacuum or brush? No brush. I brush. Okay, so back in the day at Bovida, we called it the salt mine days. We were underneath a gas station that had no windows. So we <laughs> called it the salt mine because we deal in salt and that's what makes our product so powerful. And it's underground, so it was kind of like a mine. That's and amazing. back in those days, we were able to enjoy fine cigars while we worked. I probably shouldn't say that on air, but we're probably gonna edit that out. <laughs> but we literally went on Amazon and bought vacuums specifically for handheld vacuums specifically for vacuuming up the ash that we would create sean tim myself everyone had one inside their office to use at their disposal whenever shit would hit the desk i have one of those those handheld ones in different places of my home because we have a german shepherd and whoever owns a German Shepherd knows they shed a lot of hair. Yeah. Every single day. And when they're actually changing their, their fur, it's, it's horrible. So I'm, I'm constantly doing that. Did that's, you ever watch Friends? Of course. That I, I, I know it's a dumb question, but every once in a while I have to check. <laughs> because Friends is running probably on its 30th anniversary I since know. the last time it aired. And I just have to know if I'm dating myself or not. <laughs> but it's the Monica vacuum. Mm -hmm. And when Monica cleaned the big vacuum with the smaller vacuum, she said, I wish there was another little vacuum to clean this one. <laughs> it's kind of like the perpetual rabbit hole of like, how far can this go? Yeah, yeah, totally. You like the floundering. You like the flubs. You like the ashing because it's real life. Yeah, it's... You know, sometimes in this industry and in many industries, uh, people just, just they know you from what they see. And sometimes on social media and so on, and sometimes that it's not very realistic in a way. Sometimes it's like, I think it's like 90% of the time, it's not realistic. Yeah. Because it's so edible. Like exactly. you can edit it so well to the point where you've cleaned and scrubbed the entire like identity out of it to make a new identity. But like, I don't know if it was two or three weeks ago, I was in um, the traditional company from my family, which is where we grow tobacco. And that that is the one in charge of growing tobacco, processing it, so on. And I was there super early. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wear makeup. I had kind of one of these seed dots. And I was like, I'm gonna feel myself doing what I do with my cell phone here on a not like on a not a daily basis but whenever i come and i just did it with my phone i was like i want people to see what the real me does without the editing of the marketing team and so on because i want people to actually see the work behind the glamour of of what marketing teams sometimes want to show i think that's a really smart move and i think that's also something too that i really focus on this is I can ask you all sorts of different questions and you probably already have a canned response for me. So it's my job to try to ask you the questions and have the conversations we're having now so that it's more interesting because if you just hear about your success and how polished you are and how good the cigars are, at the end of the day, it's not relatable to the customer and it's in an un you can't obtain that level of connection of as a regular human being. So it's my job to try to make sure that the uh, really holy veil or the big veil of like, this is so grand is slightly removed. But you know, the, the, the I don't want to say the cool thing, but something very different from us is that actually 
we don't have a marketing approach to cigars. And I think that's why I'm able to connect with people because I tell the story of how things happened. And I think slow, like very slowly, but that's what, what has made us um, get known in a way because we don't launch cigars every year. We don't do things by the book. But when we're telling people, we're just telling our story. There's nothing written in a way that sounds like a marketing approach because we're just telling how things happened. And, and I, I see that what you're doing is the same way because at the end of the day, it's, it's an industry based on connections. This right. is one of the industries that you actually go to a cigar lounge and you can connect with anyone. And you don't know their background. You don't know anything about them. But then you connect because you enjoy the same thing. Right. And I've never seen that in any other industry. It's so true. I've actually tried to figure out if there's another industry or another product that connects polar opposite of people and kind of disarms that divide. Yeah. And I've never seen it. Cigars only. I think it's been said before, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that might say, it would be really great for politicians to sit down over cigars. I totally agree. Or like leaders of worlds. Yes, and powerful organizations that change regulations. Do you think it would be like a cool project for us to see if behind closed doors, we could take diplomats and put them inside a meeting room and hand them like you know saga blend number seven teach them how to light it start smoking it and say okay the meeting can begin now and just see what happens that would be a cool experiment but I don't know if it happens the same way if you're not eager to know about it if you're not passionate because I think that the connections you get them because you're actually eager to know about the industry or you're passionate about it in a I'm way. I'm going from the standpoint of how the conversation's gonna go okay. with you and I. Because I'm assuming that like when two world leaders get into a room that the tension might be kind of high and I'm hoping that you and I could be the fumbling idiots that come in <laughs> and light cigars and make them go, oh, this is different. Yeah. Only because of the cigar, not because we want to know anything about it. Exactly. But only because the cigar is in the room. If you put in the room people like you and I who actually know this, we have this lifestyle, I think it would be a complete game changer. As a newlywed, what things have come up that you thought, oh, crap, nobody told me marriage had this in store for me? You know what? Nothing that we've, that has come to happen, it's not something that I was in a way sort of prepared for it because I'm a bookworm. Like the biggest bookworm you've ever heard. I already have, I've already read like this year, like 70 books. Wow. So I read a lot of marriage, couple, books before during the relationship, during the engagement, while we were married. So, and we, we did, you know, one of these classes, couple classes that the church makes you do. Yeah. And since it was pandemic, we took it like for four months. So there was a lot of talking before getting married that we were actually really prepared for it. Like, so yeah. it went very smoothly. It's, it's been very awesome. smoothly and we knew that certain topics like kids or um, money are kind of things that get people into a weird spot, but we talk it on those classes and, it, and it's been amazing. That's awesome. I had the exact same experience from a level of comfort because both Abby and I knew what we wanted and had those intense good conversations. conversations. Before? Exactly. So during the marriage counseling class, they gave us a financial worksheet book, yes. basically. And I said, we've already talked about all this. We already are doing half of this stuff. That's so amazing. let's go ahead and change question nine. Instead of talking about savings, let's talk about savings, monetary savings from the level of how much we're willing to spend on our pets 
Should they need emergency surgery? My wife started getting teary-eyed and right from that moment, I knew I struck a chord that we're gonna have to face and we faced it right in that moment. Yeah. And now when it reared its ugly head later on in my life, I wasn't fighting the battle of trying to understand her in a time that was intensely emotional for her. And instead I got to lean on her and say, whatever you wanna do, hon, I support you. Because you already knew it was important for her. Exactly. And it sounds like you had that kind of insight into everything that you were doing to get ready to be married. Yes. Which is so powerful because as we know, since you're a business owner and I have to or orchestrate these interviews, the more planned you are and the better you are at doing that one specific thing, the easier that it gets. It is, it is. And, and I, I truly believe that people sometimes have these situations because they don't plan, they don't talk, and they don't really take the time to prepare. Um, marriage is, is, I don't want to say business, but it's an important decision in life. If, like, if you want to actually get married, there's things you have to do. It takes preparation. It takes preparation. We could totally pull a Vegas classic taken right out of Friends, just like Rachel and Ross, <laughs> but that would be very, very detrimental. It, yeah and thus not be a successful marriage and I or or anyone else would be asking for an annulment from that whole situation because you really just wish there was a forget me pill yes. that you could take sometimes after a Vegas night. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I've never really done anything so bad that I've regretted doing it to the point of it restricting me from moving on has there ever been something that you you regretted that you actually found out later on that it really held you back from growth no no i'm i'm a very strong believer that everything happens for a reason so even the hard things that that i've experienced in life when i when i see it you know after it has happened, I can see that it made me either stronger because I actually take the time to analyze why is this happening to me? And, and don't become a victim of the situation. Just like, why is this happening to me? Right. And, and, and I don't know if it's a woman thing. I think that it might be a woman thing, but we're very harsh with ourselves. So I overanalyze yes. everything a lot. And, and I, I always try to take lessons from what happens to me. So I, I don't regret anything. I don't regret decisions. And, and I've made a lot of bad ones. I've made great have. ones. I've made great ones as well. But it, it has shaped me into the woman that I am today. And every year that passes, I like myself even more. So I feel my, more comfortable in my own skin. And it's because of all that insight that I do with myself, that I go in and, and ask myself of every single situation, good and bad, I ask myself, you know, what am I learning? Is it making me grow? And I analyze whatever decisions that, that I'm taking, like, is this actually going to be helpful or not? Like, the older that I'm getting, I'm actually getting rid of all the things that you actually do because you feel like you have to do them. And I'm doing more of the things that I actually want to do and that I believe that will take me into the future that I've been constantly dreaming. So every step that I take, or most of the steps that I take, it's towards that. I'm consciously, it's a very conscious approach. I have a very conscious approach to life. It sounds like you take a very active approach to trying to build up your bank of wisdom. Yes. From reading, from experience, from analyzing myself. I don't, I, not even on the cigar industry, yeah. I don't, I don't compare myself to other people. I just, I want to be the best version of myself and and that dream that I say is just I want to have a happy life that's that's me my family has this very different approach to life of being like good hosts very helpful like giving giving a lot because we're very blessed and even when we were we are not very blessed it's just something that it's ingrained in us that's our approach to life that we can always make a difference
I call it being a servant. So, yes, exactly. Like it's like, you know, the term is like servant leadership. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. I love that book. That book is amazing. Right. I think it's the only leadership book that I actually recommend. Because really anything other than that is either stuck inside the paradigm of power yes. and dictatorship. Exactly. Exactly. You gain, you gain much more by actually serving people that actually just like dropping it because you have the position or the power level to do so. So we know you as Nirka Reyes. You are the sixth generation of a tobacco growing family. Exactly. Now what most people may or may not know, depending upon what level of cigar smoker you are, as a cigar maker and grower and processor, you have the choice to either make cigars for other people yes. or make your own cigar. Yes. And some people do both. But what's really interesting about your story is that you decided to start out making cigars for everyone else, never releasing a name brand that you put your name on. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you stop producing cigars for everyone else and only the majority of what you do now is produce your own Saga cigars. That decision is not a light decision to make because it has financial implications, yes. it has identity crisis implications, and it has a strong need to be led by a sense of authenticity. How and why and how did you make that decision? Well, the thing is, De Los Reyes Cigars, as my family is sixth generation growers, I'm a second generation cigar maker. Since starting making cigars was my dad's dream. De Los Reyes Cigars is, is the beginning of a dream. And I saw the passion that my dad had for the industry, but I didn't see it on the cigars we were making. They were soulless products. So I was like, this is not what we should be doing. It's not. And since he told me to take over, I was like, this is what I, what I want to do. I want just to stop making all these cigars, all these million cigars for, a lot of them were for private labels, mail order companies. And I just want to stay, because we stayed with some private lines, but just the ones who I believed um, had the same philosophy as us, um, that they, they truly believe and had the passion that the cigars were art craft, not just mere products. And those are the ones that I stayed with and then started also developing our own cigars. So it was a very hectic process. It took, it wasn't just like a, a year change. It took us a lot of time to actually get the factory to a level that people understood what we were doing. But it's just, I do things from the heart. And I couldn't do things just because of a cash flow or a profit. And my family said, because we do have a family board, and my, fam my family said, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna follow your God, let's see how it, how it goes. And it was difficult at the beginning because I did cut the cash flow. We were making millions of cigars. I, I believe it was around 13, 14 millions of cigars. Yeah. And then I dropped it to two. Oh my God. It was a very radical change. It was a very strong change. And then having everyone that we stayed with focusing more on quality. Quality. I don't need you to make 700 cigars today. I just want you to make the best cigars you can make. And some people couldn't stay on that train because they didn't understand it and they left. But the ones that stayed with us, they love it. And, 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 and it's something magical to everyone that visits our factory now. The feeling that you get when you visit it, it's, it's such a magic vibe that you feel and it, the, the fa family environment that you feel in it. And every single other private label that we've, that we've started uh, after that 
has that same feeling. It has to be someone or a group of people that are very passionate about the cigar industry and committed. Like, I don't blend cigars for someone that says, I just want to have a, a, a private line. I wouldn't do it. Like, you have to come, I have to sit down, you have to come to the factory, you have to meet our, our, our employees, you have to sit down with them, you have to know our production manager, you have to know him on a, on a name basis, they have to know you, you have to sit down and blend with us, and you have to pick your blend. I'm not picking it for you. Like, this is, this is the way that we do things, because otherwise, how are you gonna sell it if you're not involved in it? Like, I don't believe, like I truly believe that to be in this industry, you have to be a little bit crazy and love it and, and be passionate about it. Otherwise, it's, it's just empty. I totally agree with all that that you said. And it reminds me of the music world where my favorite band, Dave Matthews, hired a producer to come out and make an album. And he later on went and said, the album really should have been named after the producer because it wasn't the Dave Matthews band. And that's kind of like what you're saying. If the cigar is blended by you and then I put my name on it, it's really not my cigar. It's not. It's not. It takes a lot of wisdom and a lot of core identity and a lot of authenticity to be able to run a business from that level. And I have a great team. I have a great family, the Los Reyes Cigars. I, my general manager, Damichel Louis, is a Belgian. He says that he comes to work and it's like Disneyland every day. Like, it's our, it's our dream world. We have fun. And there's, there's always something to solve. That's why I say that we have to be sometimes crazy because tobacco is a natural thing and it changes. But it's so great and so fun that, you know, we really enjoy it every day. I can just see it. Yeah. It's like I can feel it almost across the room here. Some people have said, like, when they visit us, like, hey, you have to do a reality show about your day to day because it's, it's so raw and fun <laughs> because we're very into it. Like, we go to this place and then we do another thing and then we're on the blending room, but then we go to the rolling, to La Galera, to the Galera area, and we're like talking with the rollers and the bunchers and like, I want you to try what I'm doing today. That this is the type of relationship that we have. Like, they want us to try what they're doing right from the table. This is the type of relationship that we have with everyone. And, and if you had more of a relationship that was like a, a power dynamic, like I'm the owner and I'm I demand good quality, you wouldn't have your rollers offering you cigars right from their table because there's a level of trust that they have to have in you, that when they hand it to you, that you don't put them down if it didn't hit the mark. Hey, the other day we were doing like a photo shoot with different collaborators and so on. And <laughs> I was laughing uh, because um, we were talking and one of the oldest couples that we have there from Buncher and Roller, I was saying, you see this? It wasn't always like this. At the beginning when I came into La Galera, they were like, ah, oh, he com here comes the little girl because that moment that you were describing, I was 22 years old, just 22. And they were like, my father went away and now it's a little girl playing with us. They didn't believe that I could smoke or that I had a palate. And I actually had to gain their trust. And after a while, what the, the one that I was talking to, that fair, they were like, oh, look, she actually can smoke because I was smoking one of the cigars from the table that it was an Oligero cigar. And it was like, oh, you know, like there's something there. She can handle it. And little by little and the way that I, that, that I build the relationship with them, it, it paid off. How can you, the young one, be wise enough to help run the ship when really what you're saying is, I'm not running the ship, we all are. Exactly. And all I'm trying to do is play project manager so that the ship is functioning at its most efficient. And the good thing is that we're very hands-on in a way that um, if something's happening with a shipment and we have to stay late hours, it's not just like the, you know, like the people from packaging. Managers sometimes have to stay. We have to stay. At the beginning, I even slept sometimes in the couch in my office just to get things through and, and I 
And that level of companionship and not being, you know, the jefe, as we say in, in Spanish, it's, it's what gives us that, that environment. That's a huge edge to your brand, to your identity. That is the only thing that the consumer needs to know in order to connect with your brand. I've never thought about it, but that's, that's how we roll at De Los Reyes. As much as you've said probably that you don't want to have like a marketing thing that pegs you, I think what you need to have is just an authentic voice to your identity. That's why I just speak my truth. Because that's how customers connect. Yeah. They connect. I, when I worked in retail, I connected when the brand owner came in and I got to see their character as a human. It, did, it, it amplifies my enjoyment then of all the hard work that they put into this. Because let's be honest, just like anything, we can kind of take it for granted. No. Nope. That's, that's one of the reasons why I like that people come and visit us or come to the Pro Cigar Festival, for example, that I'm one of the members, because they can actually see the behind the scene and the effort that it takes to make just one stick, just one cigar. How much goes to create one good cigar? And not just making a good cigar, that's the easy part. But continue to make that cigar and that crop after crop, you can have that same level of a stimulation on your palate. That's the tricky part. Amen to that. That is not an easy feat. I need your lighter. <laughs> wow, we didn't have a lighter for you. My bad as a host. I apologize. Thank you. You're welcome. And you can keep that over there. Thank you. That's the one cool thing about being the host is that I have more time to actually smoke the cigar that you bring me. And I've gotten to a point now where I'm not so nervous about the interview that I actually can enjoy the cigar. When I first started doing this, people would ask me like, oh, wow, you smoked the Carl Malone cigar. How was it? And I go, I have no idea. The whole time I was worried about what question I was going to ask Carl Malone next. Do you know who Carl Malone is? Of course I do. I didn't. You didn't? No, I come from a very ignorant sports uh, mindset. I grew up among guys. I had to know all sports. You live among all guys? Like, I, I only had brothers growing up. Oh, you sure. Like, I'm, your I'm siblings sis- were yeah. just brothers. Yes. So sports was like this, like, constant current exactly. of knowledge that was coming into your yes. ethos. And, and aside from that, he, he parties very hard at every Pro Cigar Festival. So he's a very well-known figure in Pro Cigar. Carl. Yeah. You're talking about Carl. Yes, I'm talking about Carl. He comes to the party. He's a partier. He's a partier. I know. He even took his shirt off, I think, one of this, on a white party. Yeah, he did. I love it. The guy, I remember when his daughter launched, sorry, him and his daughter both opened up Legends Cigar Lounge. Yeah. And I remember seeing on Instagram the all-white party that he brought to the cigar lounge, probably inspired by the pro cigar events, where it's an all-white linen party. And I could totally see the vibe that he was jiving in. And I could totally, (laughs) in my head, see him taking his shirt off, whether it be at that (laughs) event or at Pro Cigar Live. Yes. Yes, I've seen it. I love the fact that you gave me just a little bit of a secret about Cara Malone that probably not a lot of people know. Oh, no, there's there's videos about it. Yeah, but I'm not sure. like it's not circulated it's not, yeah, enough. It's not spread. Yeah, it's kind of like that hidden enough, Easter yeah. egg that's lying out there somewhere <laughs> yeah. that if you're that much of a sneakerhead, you might find out about. Mm-hmm. Are there other little tidbits about maybe some of the people we see inside the industry that, hey, you have a little Easter egg about them that you can spill the beans on live on Box Press? And it's no judgment. It's all coming out of pure love and respect. No, 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 yeah, but something, like, something cool that I can say about the, um, the cigar world, but in the Dominican side, is that in a way we're kind of related 
even though we don't share the same blood, but we've known each other so long that it's a very familiar vibe. For example, you talk about Carmelone, his cigars, La Aurora makes it, right? Sorry, what was the name? Carmelone Cigars, La Aurora yeah. makes the cigars, yes. right? So Guillermo Leon, yep. it's my oldest brother's godfather, just to give you a, an idea, okay? Or I think it was like two months ago, I was in Lidiana Suentes' wedding, and she's one of my dearest and most amazing pers friends and one of the most amazing persons that I know in my life. She's a great friend. And she's from the Fuente family, Lidiana Fuente. And my dad is married to Monica Kellner, which is from the Kellner family, from Davidov. So you see, in a way... <laughs> it's like a cigar royalty happening right now. It's like a true dynasty. That's just like, you know, the, 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 the royal bloodline is not breaking as we speak. We're keeping the bloodline true oh, to its heart. No, it's, it's just that at the end of the day, what I was saying, it's connection. Like we grew up together. It's, it's like a family thing. We, we connect because of this and, and we all support each other, which is very weird. I don't know if it happens in all the countries, but if one of the members of Pro Cigar needs some molds to make the cigar because they had to increase production and the order of the molds is not there, we lend each other things. That is one, so everyone out there, listen hard and fast because there's one reoccurring theme that I see in the cigar world is exactly what you just said. When you're in the DR, it's like you're inside Cheers. Everybody's family and everyone's there to help you have a good yes, time. Yes. Any other country, possibly if you skip over to another country, you're not going to be in Cheers anymore. You might be in a, a rougher bar or you might be in a really swanky hotel. And guess what? You forgot the sport coat, so you're not welcome. Yeah, and, and like um, my dad um, made a restaurant in Santiago. It's named the same way as the Cigars It's Saga. Any given day, you go to a restaurant, you'll find a cigar maker. Any given day. That restaurant or a restaurant? This restaurant. That restaurant. The Saga restaurant. If you, if I go to the DR. And you go to Saga. Gotta go to Saga restaurant in what evening, city? In Santiago. In Santiago. If you go to Saga restaurant in the evening, you're gonna find a cigar maker there. Let's talk a little bit about how you even got your job because it was not handed to you and it was not easy. You went ahead and asked your dad, can I go ahead and start taking over the business? And he said no. And you had to go out behind his back and apply to the HR department of the Saga brand. Tell us how and why you even decided to do that because that's a, a risky and bold move to go against your dad's wishes. First of all, the Saga brand is mine. Mine, my baby. It was the los, it was actually at that time the the, co the company was called Corporación Cigar Export. I changed it back to the Los Reyes Cigars, which is the original name. And my dad just it's not that he don't wanted me to work, he just wanted me to focus on, on studying because I just got back from Switzerland, that's where I learned my, my learned my German. Um, and I started in college and he was like, just focus on studying. You can work later on, so on, so on. I was like, no, I wanna, I wanna get to know it. And since he said no, he always told me, and I think that he's, ah, he's teaching backfired at him that a no is just a way to negotiate a yes. I love it. A no is just a way to negotiate a yes. So I just went to human resources and up and then I applied. And then the, the human resources lady, she was like, okay, so we're gonna start like a peripheric training. You're gonna work with every single department. And then at the end of all that, I ended up being my dad's assistant. Was he shocked the day that you be, came in to be his assistant? No. No. He knows I'm strong-willed. He says it all the time that when I have my mind in something, there's no one that can take me off that road. He says it all, he says all the time. I love it. <laughs> so good. And in a way, um, because my older brother also worked in the industry, Augusto, his name also like my father, he worked in the industry on the premium side. And um, but my father, my siblings, when it was the decision to 
to have the transition for the Los Reyes cigars, they were like, Nirka is the one for the job because it doesn't matter how good of a business man, woman you are, you really have to be the most passionate person for the job. And I was. And and they, they're like hands on, like you are the one, like none of us can do it. And that's, that for me is like one of my pillars that they believe in me. And your right hand is Jean-Michel. Yes. Tell us a little bit of how that right hand got developed and why it's so important to your physical identity. Well, Jean-Michel and I, um, because one thing, when I did that peripheric training and ended up being my dad's assistant, I actually left the factory after that. You what? I left the factory. I stopped working at the factory for a period of time and I did banking. Oh. I did banking. And then my dad started developing other businesses in Dominican Republic and he was like, I need you. I need you to help me with, with the factory again. And I went back. So in that moment, like, I don't know if it was like four months after, Jean-Michel came into the picture. So we kind of started that journey together. We had another general manager back then, Jean-Michel was just the marketing manager. Um, but we, we went in together. So there's been, like he lived the transition with me of changing the factory. He thought it was the right decision, like, we were the three musketeers. The other, the, the general manager's name is Pedro. He's not with us anymore, but he still comes to a factory, I think, every single day. <laughs> nice. Um, but we've built a relationship where we're very different. Age-wise, he's Belgium. I'm from the Dominican Republic. We have very different um, ideas. And I think there's a, such a richness in it because when we can come into an agreement, it means that usually it's the best decision because of that difference and also because of the strong passion that we both have of doing things right about the tobacco industry about the art craft and making things that leave a footprint right we say that we don't make cigars we make reasons to enjoy life you don't make cigars we create reasons to enjoy life you create reasons to, to enjoy, enjoy life, life. yes if there's ever a great tagline to put next to the Saga brand, it's that one right there. And so he's been, I don't know, it's like the way that we, it's when you have a stronger relationship with someone like that, it's like kind of like what we were describing, that level of companionship like in a marriage, we just know. Right. Like we, we, we look at each other when we're blending and we know it's the right one, it's not the right one. And and it has come with 11 years of working side by side, of doing the same projects, of, of working side by side, because as I said, I don't believe in right in roles. And, um, and he's, I believe, one of my biggest supporters because I get sometimes crazy ideas. And he's like, I don't know how we're gonna do it, but let's see how can we make it happen. So that's, that's why he's, I think he's the best person for the job and I wouldn't have dreamt of someone better than Jean-Michel. That's so cool. He's amazing. We've become friends. It's, it's, we've traveled the world together. <laughs> A lot of stuff has happened that we get lost in weird roads in Europe, driving. It's, it's been an amazing journey. And, and seeing all the effort that we've put on changing the status quo and what we did and seeing how things are going now, seeing that we made the right choice and how people are recognizing more and more the work that we do without even advertising it. It's just a mouth-to-mouth -mouth thing. It's, it's, very, it's very empowering. I know you don't advertise. I, <laughs> I don't see the brand in, in any of the publications. None of that. And why is that? Because we don't take a marketing approach to, to making cigars. We just is a marketing approach not the right approach to take? Not for a company. I, I won't say it's not the right approach, but for a company it definitely isn't. Because when I'm telling you that I'm not making cigars, that what we're making is reasons to enjoy life, we want to be that rare gem that you discover 
and you fall in love with. Like so, if we're like everywhere and you're seeing us everywhere, I you, like it. You, I like you. You don't get to have that experience of actually hearing a friend say, "Hey, have you tried this Saga cigar? I really or I saw this packaging and I really love it. Have you seen it? It's so cool." So on that level, then everyone out there that's probably watching this, they all like to hunt for that boutique cigar. And boutique is such a crazy word that just like the word love has lots of different meanings. Yes, it does. So let's go ahead and just throw them a little bone. Okay. If you like to hunt for that cigar that maybe isn't on everyone's radar, you just got woke to the saga cigar. And now you have a reason to seek it out yes. because it's an opportunity to enjoy life, have good in it, have a good experience. Totally. My dad and my dad has another another one of those quotes. He says that an ordinary day can become or have an extraordinary moment with the right cigar. It can change. It can change it with a cigar. It can be changed. It's, that's so true. Because half the time when you ask somebody, what was your favorite cigar? It was wrapped around an experience that was so outside of the cigar that it had nothing to do with how the cigar was blended or constructed. It's like that. You have multiple senses as human beings. And so when, when more of them get fired up, then the experience just tends to get more intense yes. and more memorable. Yes. I love it. But there's also something very unique to that alone time when you're smoking your cigar by yourself and you're actually taking your time to listen what the cigar is telling you. It's like that meditative moment that you have just you and your cigar. I strongly recommend that one too. That is super wise wisdom. And I think there's no better way to end this whole series than on that note. So Nirka, I want to say it's been a pleasure sitting down, talking to you and getting to know you for the first time. And I have to say this goes down in my book as the first time I've met somebody and been formally invited to their wedding <laughs> in 2025. It's been such an amazing time that I've had with you. It's been a pleasure. So thank you for having me. And you'll get the invite, the formal invite, once the date comes closer. Appreciate <laughs> and it's been, that. It's been, it's been a wonderful, like, I feel like so relaxed now. Like, I don't even feel that I'm on a trade show right now. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And just a tidbit here, because you said that you were a bookworm. Yes. And you opened up that way. And I appreciate you telling me your identity. But I want you to show off to oh. the camera that your identity is wrapped up in the packaging that you chose to release some of your cigars in. Yes. It's not just a box and they're not just cigars because remember, what's the tagline? We create what? We don't make cigars. We create reasons to enjoy life. It's such a good tagline. So this is the Saga Shirt Tales. It puts together two of my loves are books. It literally has pages. It okay, I'm being actually blown away right now. It literally has pages. Each book is a different cigar, a different blend, a different story, a different size. So the pages tell you the story about cigars, about the cigars. Oh, my God. So you just said that you don't like to have marketing, yet you have marketing inside your books. It's stories. It's just... People like to have more knowledge about the things they like, and we want to give it to them. Okay, I'm going to reframe the word marketing for you because it's getting like the word love. I think what we're looking for is giving people a connection yes. to what you're doing. Yes. And that's what I love to do. And give them something different. Exactly. What you're saying is you don't want to connect with the people that enjoy your cigars the same way. Exactly. You want to do it in your authentic voice. Exactly. And I think there's nothing more powerful than that because you have a true identity. Thank you. 
And so you have the big one and you also have a smaller one. Oh yeah. And all of them have pages in which it's an actual real book that then also has the morsels of cigars inside of it for oh, you to enjoy. This is the pocket book. This is the pocket book. It's actually the smaller version. That's the Gideon's of, Bible, <laughs> right? Of the third book. So it doesn't actually have pages here. So what we did is on the back, we actually put the story. I love it. It's for the small purses, for the pockets of the gentleman. And what a cool way, because packaging does matter in making it feel special. Yes. That when you handed somebody a, a cigar, you're not just handing it to them. You're presenting it to them in exactly. a manner for them to have a cool experience. This is the best presentation that we can have. I don't need cards. No. This is it. I think, too, the other thing that gets said and overlooked a lot, especially because we deal in humidity, is there's no other easier way to humidify a cigar than to put it in an airtight container like a Tupperware. But guess what? When you have a wood humidor and you go and crack the lid, and you feel the heaviness of the wood. Yes. And you hear the creak of the hinges. And you go ahead and you get a rush of, of aroma, of s some cedar, some tobacco, some kind of barnyard area, you know, fermented leaves. Yes. You already start the smoking process that cannot be replaced the or sensatory. ever duplicated mm -hmm. by anything that is not a wood humidor. It is, I agree. So for all of you out there that don't think the wood humidor is worth it, I say that's just another opportunity. What did you say about a no? It's, a, it's just another opportunity to negotiate a yes. A yes, yes. A, a no to wood humidor is just another opportunity for you to actually be able to grow in your cigar hobby. And try it and be convinced that it's the right change. It, and there you get, you went and said a definite, which is the right change. Just like science, it's fact, but it, it just may not be where you're at in your journey. So that's and okay. And that's fine too. That's totally okay. But in our eyes, it's the right path and it's the path that we're going to keep going on. So Nirka, I can't thank you enough for this unique interview experience that I just had. Likewise, I can't thank you enough. It's that's been the greatest time. I, uh, amen to that. That's another episode of Box Press. You heard it here live, right here at PCA 2022. It's the fun times that we get to have. It's like a family reunion. Even though we didn't even know each other, we're going to be at the same wedding together. So if you like it, go ahead and like it and subscribe it because these stories are only getting better. And you're going to miss out on a really cool experience. Peace and enjoy.